this. Um, I just again want to upfront wish everybody happy Resurrection Sunday. And since our church is in the evening, I'm assuming all of you have eaten really well during your lunch time, except for those who are in the hostels. I don't know what you got, but <laughs> you know, I'm hoping that Manipal gave you something good. Okay, uh, but anyways, yeah, I think uh, Sam actually took this reference um, earlier. Uh, so I'm just going to try out something. Uh, I haven't done this before, but uh, can you see the screen? Yeah. So I thought, you know, let's see how this goes. Uh, so yeah, happy Resurrection Sunday. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just want to uh, go through the scripture, the reference which uh, Sam had taken up initially during the time of worship. Um, okay. Um, just a second. Yeah. It's found in the book of Luke chapter 24 verse 1 to 7. It says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women came with them to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid, bowed their faces to the earth. And they said to them, Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? He is not here, but is risen. This is what Sam had just led, you know, during our worship time. All right. And, you know, wherever you're seated right now, I would just encourage you, you know, if it's possible, can you just say this with me? He is not here, but is risen. Can you all just say that once more? He is not here, but is risen. Amen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. I just want us, you know, as a church to remember, you know, if there is anything to remember about this resurrection Sunday, okay, or Easter, you know, as everyone, many of the people call it, we need to remember that, you know, this whole resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, this is what our entire faith or Christianity basically hinges on. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, everything that we say, everything that we preach, everything that we, you know, believe in is literally in vain. But our foundation, our core of what we believe hinges on this one truth that Jesus did not stay buried. He was not just dead, but he defeated death and he was, he came out of that tomb and that tomb was found empty on that third day in the morning. All right. Now, when we talk about resurrection, okay, Sam also mentioned that, you know, right through the worship, you know, there's something that we need to also remember. Why is it important for us to understand the power of resurrection? Why is it important for us to understand, you know, what it means when Jesus resurrected from the dead? Okay, uh, this is what uh, Paul writes, you know, the Apostle Paul, he writes to the uh, Ephesian church. This is what he says in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 to 20. It's there on the screen. Paul writes to the church, he says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Okay, here's what he's saying. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. And who's and who is this power for? If you notice that it's written there, God's power for us who believe him. You know, in other words, and here's what he goes on to say. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor 
at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. What is he saying? The same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is a power that is meant for us. In other words, you know, this resurrection power which God used to raise Jesus from the dead is not just, you know, a one-time thing, but it's something that God has actually reserved or God has actually given to us. You know, the resurrection power, it lives inside of us. In fact, you know, Paul writes this um, also, you know, to the Philippian church. Here's what he says, Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. Paul writes, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sharing. And the fellowship of his sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. You know what Paul is saying? Paul is saying, I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know what it's like. Because here's what church, here's why we need to understand. Why is resurrection? Why is it important to understand the power of his resurrection? We saw, you know, just a moment ago that this resurrection power lives inside of us. And what we need to understand is just like Christ defeated death. Death could not hold him. You know, nothing could hold him back. He defeated death. You know, he had victory over death. Just like that, because that resurrection power lives inside of us, we also can overcome. We also have the victory to overcome death. We also have the victory, you know, the power to be able to overcome every death situation, everything, you know, that is there, that is holding us back. Nothing can hold us back because the resurrection power is living inside of us. Okay, and when we start to believe that, you know, when we understand that, when we start to believe that, that's when we realize, you know, that, man, I too can become victorious in every area of my life. Amen. All right, now, here's here's what I want us to do, you know, for the rest of the time that we're going to spend some time, we're just going to look at, you know, the importance of, you know, what it means to partake of the communion. Okay, what it means, you know, um, to take of the bread, to eat of the bread and to drink of the cup. Now, also, you know, I think most of you all are aware, this is the first time that we're doing this as a church. And, um, well, I think God wanted us to do it online. Now, if you ask me, have I done communion online before? <laughs> Not really. So, but I'm experiencing, you know, just like I think what Sam was sharing and even as I shared last week, maybe if this is, you know, the platform that God is going to use, you know, for churches to meet together. You know, um, if you go to any church today, they're empty. Okay, the church halls are empty. No matter how big the church is, no matter how small the church halls are, they're literally empty. And even though, you know, the government has passed a rule that, you know, we're not supposed to come together, nothing can stop the church of God from coming together. Amen. And praise God, you know, for technology, praise God, you know, for whatever he's doing and whatever he's going to do in the days to come. We don't know what's going to happen, but we believe that God is going to take control of everything that's going to happen. All right. So we're just going to, you know, look at, you know, what communion is, you know, just for a moment. Um, here's what, you know, the gospel of Matthew. Okay. We're just going to look at this Matthew's gospel, chapter 26, verse 26 to 29. Here's what it says. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many 
for the remission of sins i'll come back to this word remission in just a moment okay but jesus goes on to say but i say to you i will not drink of this fruit of the wine from now until that day when i drink it new with you in my father's kingdom now here's what i want us to remember here's what it says verse 28 breaking of bread all right what did what did jesus say in verse 28 what what is you know this whole um idea of communion about here's what he says this is my blood of the new covenant okay here's i want to make a statement right now breaking of bread is the establishing of a new covenant jesus said this you know that it is the it, this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins now i just want us to look for the look at this word remit for a moment all right now we don't use this term very much and um, i know that you know many times you know when we read through sometimes when we read through the bible we just skip through the words that we don't understand i know because i am guilty as charged i have done the same thing many times okay but you know sometimes you know we need to hold just for a moment we need to look at the word you know what it really means now remit okay let me let me see if i can uh, explain it to you in a way that you know we all understand especially today um if you notice you know uh, i mean of course uh, today we don't uh, we can't rather buy anything online am i right okay um, thanks to you know the lockdown situation we can't buy anything online if we have to buy something we have to go to the store and buy it right but if you remember you know every time that you would purchase something online um thanks to digitalization and you know in fact uh, the government is encouraging us to use digitalization more than actually use money you know physical money all right if you notice you know when you purchase something what's the first thing that happens you get that product that you're looking for and the money that is there in your account what happens to that money in other words you know let's say let's say you're purchasing something online let's say i don't know i mean whatever digital tools that you use google pay or whatever you use i don't know okay let's say that you're using this one particular tool you know to purchase something as soon as you know you click okay as soon as you say okay i'm paying through this method what happens let's say you have some money in your account what happens to that money let's say you go back you know after the whole purchase thing is over when you go back and when you look at the account is that money still there the money is not there why what happened the money you know that was used to purchase the product has suddenly been taken from your account and been transferred to the account of the person who sold you that product am i right okay so what is now let me let me put it in a way you know what this word represents okay when body okay he took everything that was there upon us he took sin that was there in our body he took sickness that was there in our body he exchanged it he put it in his, in his account and he exchanged he gave us healing he gave us holiness he gave us forgiveness of sin and that church is what jesus is talking about this new covenant he says in verse 28 you know my blood this is my blood of the new covenant okay now um you know i just want us to look at you know what the word covenant means okay this is this is something that i picked up okay a covenant is basically a binding now notice this unbreakable obligation between two parties okay this is going to get a little uh, this thing but i'll try to keep it not so boring 
Okay, so please pay attention. All right, a covenant is a binding, unbreakable obligation between two parties. Okay, forget everything what you just read, just for a moment. All right, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you have ever broken a promise to somebody? Okay, let me let me rephrase that question. Okay, how many of you have told somebody that you would do something, and you didn't do it? Can I just see hands? I mean, whoever's video is on. <laughs> Have you ever broken a promise to somebody? Okay, all of us. I mean, except probably the kids, but I'm sure the kids have broken it too. You know, we told them not to do it, and they've gone ahead and did it anyways. Okay, for those who are small kids, we understand that, right? Now, here's what we need to understand: all of us are guilty as charged. At some point, you know, in our lives, we have broken the promise that we said that you know we would do something, but we were not able to keep up, you know, to the word that. we said that we would now what is a covenant covenant is something that's supposed to be unbreakable it's an it's an agreement you know between two parties you know where they say that okay man i'm going to commit myself to this the other party also says you know i'm going to commit to this but get this a covenant is supposed to be unbreakable now all of us we are weak people in other words you know here's what we must understand we are not capable of keeping an unbreakable covenant so If if God made a covenant, let me ask you this: If God made a covenant with you, face to face, directly, and comes and tells you know, um, okay, can I make a covenant with you? Now we can say yes, but because we are weak people, because you know the word you know that we can say is the we are very fallible. You know we can fall at any point in our lives. Okay, the the chances are you know if we go into a covenant with God, the chances are the covenant can get broken. So. What is you know the covenant that Jesus is talking about here the new covenant the covenant that he's talking about is not something not a mutual agreement between me and God it's not here's what we must understand the covenant that Jesus is talking about here is a covenant between him Jesus and God the father in other words you know Jesus took it upon himself he said listen i know you know i know these people you know if you ask them to get into a covenant relationship all right they may be very excited in the beginning they'll all say yes 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 you know and but at the end of the day okay now love, i'm not trying to offend anybody here okay wednesday prayer talk to me now okay how many of you said that you will come and you didn't come i'm also guilty as charged i've also not made it once or twice right okay we are all guilty we just sometimes you know something's happened something or the other goes wrong so jesus said i know my people they 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 might break it okay and You know, a covenant is supposed to be unbreakable. Jesus, you know, literally told God the Father. I'm imagining there was a conversation that took place between Jesus and God the Father, and Jesus said, "I'm going to make a covenant with you, God." Okay, and you know, and this is the new covenant which you know is mentioned. What Jesus is mentioning here. Now, um, let me explain something else. All right, um, how many of you? Uh, now i don't think i need to mention too much because again sam mentioned cricket match do you remember sam mentioned cricket match in today's worship he said india won in which year come on you can unmute your audience you can tell me what what did sam say 2011 2011 2011 india won the world cup right all right now i don't know if you you were a part of it i don't know if you i mean in the sense not part i don't know if you have gone and if you have gone and seen you know good for you all right i i i've not seen that okay but i'm just saying if you remember i mean at least um, you know today you young people thanks to your mobile phone technology your laptops each of you have one each you know back in my college days we never had that 
okay we had one um one uh, one stuffed up you know tv room it was very very uh, stuffed up you know we would just sit there we would sweat our guts out but if india is playing that day trust me every guy in the hostel will be crowding in that tv room and cheering on and supporting india you know for every hit and every you know um, wicket that goes out you know of the opposite team if it's pakistan well uh, you know the wardens would come and say please keep your volumes low but man every time somebody got we would just burst out and burst out okay but here's what i remember at the end of the match if india would win the match you know what we would say the next day if you would meet somebody especially you know since the girls wouldn't be a part of the hostel the next day we would go and if you know some sport enthusiast would go to the girls and say you know what happened yesterday we won right i mean you know it's i mean it's it's very 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 questionable i mean what do you mean we won you didn't even play the match you didn't play the match why how can you say that you won but because now here's what i want us to understand because india is our country and the cricket team that is playing on the field is representing us when india wins a match what do we say we say that we won we don't say india won we say we won why because we are taking it on ourselves that you know whatever the cricket team is going to do on that field if they win we win but get this if they lose we lose as well in the same way here's what i want us to understand jesus steps up to the plate Jesus steps up to the plate and he's saying you know I'm going to represent mankind I'm going to represent humanity before God and in order for you know this covenant to work Jesus made himself as a man he entered you know into this covenant relationship with God and get this this covenant is going to last forever do you know why okay let me let me just show you let me show you you know another definition of um, yeah covenant that i just picked up okay a covenant is an unconditional love that is sealed by blood and sacred oath that creates a relationship that each party is bound by specific undertaking on each other's behalf you didn't get anything that's absolutely fine okay i just want you to look at the word relationship all right just that one word relationship what is jesus saying listen i'm going to take this upon myself god He's talking to God the Father and he's saying you know let's enter into this covenant relationship so that you as a father can have a relationship with these people. And you know what's a beautiful part about this covenant like I said earlier this covenant can never be broken. Do you know why? For a covenant to be broken one of the parties who enter into a covenant relationship needs to die. But you know what's a beautiful part about God and Jesus? God is an eternal god he can't die Jesus is eternal he can't die so in other words get this this is an everlasting covenant that's going to last even beyond our lifetime amen okay that's that's a good place to say amen to okay mm-hmm. yeah now um wh- why did i bring about the cricket team here's what i want us to understand jesus is representing us so when jesus you know when he went upon that cross you know just like you know what we talked about earlier today we are celebrating the fact that jesus you know death could not hold jesus jesus conquered death so when jesus you know he's it's like you know he's representing us on the field out there whatever victory that he had we too can say that we have that same victory because jesus christ won 
Just like, you know, when we say India won a match, we say that we won the match. Jesus won the match of death. Amen. And so therefore we too can say that, yes, I have conquered death because Jesus conquered death. And I believe that it was my victory as well. Amen. All right. Now, let's, let's, let's come back to, you know, um, the communion. Okay. I just, I mean, you can, I can go on talking about covenant and there's a good theological study for that, but I don't want to go and get into that. Okay. I don't want to lose you. I think I've already lost some of you. Okay. As I'm talking about some of these things, it's a little heavy. I understand that, but I want to get into the crux of, you know, what this communion is. All right. Now, Paul, okay, is writing to the Corinthian church. All right. In fact, um, I got the verse up there. First Corinthians, he's writing to the Corinthian church, okay? And here's what I want us to understand about the Corinthian church. Now, I don't know about you, you know, sometimes, you know, the problem is when you start doing something and you keep doing it over and over and over again, you know what happens? You forget the reason why you started doing it in the first place. Um, at least some things, I'm hoping, all right? Now, Corinthian church, you know, they started, you know, partaking of the communion with that whole zeal and enthusiasm and everything. But over the number of years, they began to forget the importance of why they're doing it. So Paul writes back to them and he writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. He says, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ and get this. Here's what he says. And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ. Now, what, 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 what is Paul saying? Okay, notice what he says. Okay, he says, what is the cup used for? The cup is a cup of thanksgiving. Okay, but, um, so w- what is he saying? He's saying that, you know, we are actually coming into a place when we are breaking bread, when we are taking of this cup, it's actually, you know, we're giving thanksgiving. All right, I'll explain, you know, what we're giving thanksgiving for. But what is he saying? He's saying it's a cup of thanksgiving. That's what he's saying it is. Now, you know what the problem is? Many times, you know, especially if you look back, I mean, uh, many, many, you know, this is the difference. If you remember, you know, I asked you to focus on that one word in that covenant definition. What is it supposed to be a relationship? You remember the word relationship? Okay. But you know what happened? What happened over a period of time? Relationship has become a religion. Okay. So in other words, you know, this cup of thanksgiving that is mentioned here in this verse, you know what that's become? It's no longer a cup of thanksgiving. It's become a cup of supplication. Supplication is another complicated word, I understand. Okay, forgive me, I should not have used that word. Okay, but cups of supplication. What is supplication? Okay, forget supplication. Think of the word prayer. All right. It's become a cup of prayer. Now, um, I'll never forget this. Okay. Um, This was back in my college days. Um, I was not a believer. I didn't believe in Jesus Christ. I was walking, you know, the ways of the world, whatever you want to call it. Okay. The Danny back then is not a Danny that you wanted to associate associate with. All right. But um, I remember, you know, one evening um, there was a service, you know, there was a traditional church that was having a service and... um, uh, they, they they said, you know, um, uh, my friend, my hostel mate, he said, you know, I want to attend to church. So I want you to come with me. Now, I just woken up, you know, in the evening from sleep. I was really hungry. Okay. So I said, you know, can we just have some coffee before we go to church? He said, no, no, we're already late. Let's just go to church. Now, I went to church. 
all right so they're going on through this the entire you know the whatever the prayers the songs they're singing everything and then came the you know the time of communion now i was really hungry okay and i'm seeing this bread there okay what looks like to me as juice now i don't know what all this really means i mean i've i know that it's supposed to be communion okay and one of our batchmates who was a girl she was also in the same service and she saw both of us and she knows very well how much i believe i was not a part of that church i was just visiting you know that day and so i looked at this and i said you know what everyone is taking it anyway so let me also go and take it so i went i took you know the bread i took the cup i filled my stomach a little bit and i came back and this i'll not forget i walked out of the church my batchmate this girl who was there she comes and she goes on and on and on danny how could dare you go and take the communion you know she made me feel so miserable i'm not kidding you i thought that god was going to kill me because of what i did okay <laughs> but here's you know here's what i want us to understand church when 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 paul writes here you know it's a cup of thanksgiving it's not you know it's not a cup of prayer it's not you know a place i mean i know that you know many traditional churches you know go through the whole process of confession you need to take confession before you take communion i mean you know all of those things are there but you know what 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 is paul saying that's not a cup of you know supplication not a cup of prayer it's a cup of thanksgiving what is this thanksgiving about it's thanking the lord you know for what he did on that cross he took my sicknesses he took my sins upon himself so when i'm taking of this cup when i'm taking of this bread i'm reminding myself i'm thanking the lord for everything that he did upon that cross today you know we celebrate as the resurrection sunday we say that you know jesus resurrected you know from the dead you know he defeated death death could not hold him back and what what are we really saying i'm thanking the lord you know i i wrote this down you know I was bound in sin but now I'm made free. I was once a slave but now I'm a child of God. I'm thanking the Lord because I was once condemned but and guilty but the cup has given me righteousness and I can stand in the presence of the Lord knowing that I'm worthy to stand in the presence of God because of the blood that was shed upon that cross. When we understand you know the communion when we partake of you know when we break the bread when we drink of that cup when we understand that it's a cup of thanksgiving i'm thanking the lord for you know the sacrifice that he took upon you know upon himself for me he died on the cross for me he rose again on the you know on the third day for me everything that he's doing that he thought of me when he went upon that cross he thought of me you know when he rose again all the time you know i was the centerpiece of his mind during those difficult days that Jesus went through now i want us to look at you know the second word on this place okay the word participation now um you know i don't know about this okay because i was told that today you know every uh, person who participates in a sport is given a certificate is that true okay i mean i don't know i mean it, uh, back in you know when i was in my school days certificates were given only for two people you know who the first prize and the second prize that's it okay if you don't come in the first or second that means you're not good forget it you have to deal with all that rejection all that pain everything you have to deal with okay but today everyone gets a certificate for participation in fact i don't know if you have heard this term it's not important that you win the important thing is to participate have you heard that 
Okay. Now here's what, what is Jesus, you know, what is Paul meaning when he says, you know, it's a cup of thanksgiving. We give thanks, a participation in the blood of Christ. And is not the bread that we break, a participation in the body of Christ. What does it mean to participate? Let me see if I can explain this to you. All right. Uh, today is Resurrection Sunday. Today is um, Easter Sunday. Okay. Let's say that, you know, I want to invite all of you to my house. Okay. For dinner. I couldn't invite you for lunch because that was a very private and personal family time. But I want to invite you for dinner and I have prepared the most exquisite dish. Uh, not me. I don't know how to cook. Okay. <laughs> My wife knows how to cook. She has prepared, you know, the best of the best dishes and everything. And I'm asking you to come home. Now, can you come home? You can't come home. Okay. You can't come home. Now, imagine. Okay. Imagine I've invited you for dinner. All right. And I'm going to take my webcam. I'm going to, you know, place all of my dishes on my table and I'm going to take my webcam. I'm going to show you all the food that is there. I know that I'm raising up an appetite. Okay. Please control yourselves. All right. Okay. Especially I'm sorry for all of you who are in the hostel. Okay. Please bear with me. Okay. But I want you to imagine, I'm going to show you all the food, you know, that is placed on my table. What will you be doing? Will you be participating? Or can I introduce another word? Will you be spectating? What will you be doing? You obviously, you know, we understand, you know, there is a, that's what we need to understand. There's a huge difference between participation and there's a huge difference between spectating. When you come, if you come to my house and if I'm inviting you for dinner as a host, what do I expect you to do? If you are in my house, what do I expect you to do? When I'm serving food on the table, what do I expect you to do? Do I expect you just to spectate the food, look at the food and say, wow, Danny, that's a great layout that you have there. I'll whack you if you do that. And you don't participate. All right. What do I want you to do? I want you to participate. I want you to eat, you know, what's on the table. Why? Because this is prepared for you. And what is, you know, what is, what is mentioned here? The cup of thanksgiving, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Is it not a participation in the body of Christ? And here's, here's a statement that I want to make, okay? The breaking of bread is a feast of faith. What do I mean by that? You know, we, we just saw this, you know, we're thanking the Lord, you know, for what he did. What is, what is communion really about? Communion is actually, you know, thanking the Lord, you know, for the sacrifice that he took upon himself for me. And what am, what, am I, what, am I, what am I doing when I'm breaking bread? I'm thanking the Lord. But it's also a feast of faith. What do I mean by it's a feast of faith? Here's what I mean. When I'm partaking of the bread, when I'm partaking, you know, the word used is partaking. In fact, yeah, yeah, there you go. I got that sentence there. All right. Every time we participate in the breaking of bread, we are partakers of God's healing and forgiveness for our lives. In other words, you know, here's what I'm saying. I'm not going to stand around. I'm not going to spectate and say, God, thank you for the healing. Thank you for the forgiveness. But that's not for me, God. I'm just going to stand here. I'm going to spectate and I'm going to say, thank you for the forgiveness. Thank you for the healing. No. God wants us to participate. What does that mean? He wants us to be partakers. When, when Jesus, you know, he, he, he shed his blood on the cross. He gave out forgiveness. He gave out healing. 
you know what he's saying don't just look at this and just stand there and spectate it but be partakers you know get involved get you know take up this healing take up this forgiveness for yourselves you know don't just stand and look at what is happening right there what is what is partaking of the bread about that's why i said it's a feast of faith by faith i'm taking god's forgiveness into my life that every sin that i've ever committed i don't have to face i don't have to feel unworthy i don't have to feel guilty about the things that i have done because in christ jesus because i've partaken in his forgiveness i can take it myself and i can say that i'm forgiven completely of the sins that is there we just heard one testimony today of how god healed neeta okay i shared you know how god healed my wife anu and if you notice you know what did we do what did we do we we partaking of his healing that he bore sickness on that cross i'm not just going to stand and say that lord thank you that you took healing you know that you took my sickness on your body but i'm going to partake and say lord this healing is for me is not just for me to look at it and just wonder wow you know thank god for whatever he did no no this healing is for me i can claim it i can partake of it and i can participate in this you know in fact um, this is this is what um, the hebrews writer says you know this is god speaking hebrews chapter 8 verse 10 to 13 here's what he says for this is the covenant okay again the word covenant we just saw what the covenant is that i will make with the house of israel after those days says the lord i will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and notice this i will be their god and they will be my people you know what that's talking about okay the one word that i asked you to remember you remember that word relationship what is god saying here we will enter into a relationship i will be their god and they shall be my people and get this okay this this should really catch us okay verse 11 what does it say none of them shall teach his neighbor which means you don't have to go out reaching anymore <coughs> and none of none his brother saying know the lord forget this here's what god is saying all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them okay and he goes on to say for i will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds i will remember no more isn't that an amazing promise that you know we can think about that he's not going to remember any of our sins anymore he chooses you know to erase it off completely from us and here's what he says verse 13 in that he says a new covenant he has made the first obsolete now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away okay now what what what, what is what is he saying here god established a relationship you know and when we believe you know that this is something that jesus took upon himself and jesus and god entered into a covenant relationship and jesus representing us when he entered into a relationship with god the father i can participate and i can experience his healing i can experience his forgiveness i can experience you know every blessing that god has wanting for me to experience on that cross now here's here's a statement you know i made this um, even in the good friday message okay jesus not only delivered my spirit from sin but he delivered my body from sickness okay and in when we partake of the bread and when we drink of that cup we thank the lord and we receive that blessing okay now let me just explain two more things and we'll go into the communion part of it okay first corinthians paul writes this 
For I received the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay, I'm going to come back to this remembrance in a moment. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this bread and drink, eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now, um, the word remembrance. Okay, I want to ask a question to everyone here. Has every one of you in this place taken a selfie? Okay, all the young people are saying yes. Many of your videos are off, so I can't notice. Robin, have you yes, taken sir. a selfie? Yes, sir. Yes. Many, right? In fact, Robin is a professional photographer, so I'm watching the wrong person here. Okay. <laughs> all right. But all of us, I mean, I mean, again, uh, the older generation, again, I don't know how many have taken, but here's one thing that we all know. We have all taken, at some point, we have all taken some picture. We have all taken, you know, maybe a video, right? Can I ask you this question? Why do we take a selfie? Why do we take a picture? Why do we take a video? What are we really trying to do? For memory. For memory, yeah. All right. Can I introduce a new word? Is that okay? All right. We're taking a selfie. We're taking, you know, all of these things to relive. The word I want to introduce is to relive that particular moment. Isn't that true? Exactly. You know, when we look at these pictures, when we look at some of these videos, what does our mind do? Our mind immediately goes back into that moment. We put a smile on our faces if it was a smiling moment. Okay. We remember that and we remember how good it was and how amazing it was. You know, we keep reminding ourselves how amazing it was. And you know what Paul is writing to the church here? He's saying, you know, Jesus said to do this in remembrance of him. I want you to think for a moment, you know, what the disciples would have gone through. Because, you know, when you read through the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, it very clearly mentioned that the disciples partook of the communion every single day. Why? Because they were remembering. And you need to understand about the disciples. They have seen Jesus. They walked with him. They were there at the time of crucifixion. They were there at the time, you know, when there was nobody at the tomb, when he was resurrected, they saw him. So can you imagine every time they took this communion? Every time they took this communion, what happened? They would relive that moment every single time. They would remember what Jesus had done on the cross. And I, I don't know if they had the revelation at that point when the crucifixion took place or when Jesus rose again. But definitely they got a revelation of why Jesus did all of those things much later. That Jesus did it for them. Jesus did it for me. Jesus did it for you. So that we can experience victory in every single area of our lives. 